You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Hunting Gear Podcast. I am your host, Dan Johnson, and today we're going to be talking with Buddy Pyland from Ozonics. He's been on the podcast a couple times before, and uh, we've, we've talked about the company, Ozonics, and how they've grown, and this is another episode similar to that. When a company has been around, let's say, for five years, they they get to... They get to grow. They get to see the evolution. But Ozonics has been around now for 16 years. And what you find in a longer period of time like this is like just tons more information is coming to the table. Uh, information of how your customers use the product, what your product does, how you can change the product, the efficiency, the battery life, things like that. And ultimately, with that, come secondary information like how do the deer react to ozone while in the tree how does my gear react to ozone like my clothing or we talk a little bit about elastic and rubbers and things like that how how that's affected by o3 and ozone and so it's a really good conversation about this a, a company stair-stepping listening to what it it's customers want learning about their their marketing and how they tell the story of this science because ultimately that's what it is it's a it's a science driven technology that generates a molecule that is inactive or uh, not inactive uh, it's uh, unstable so that other molecule wants to break apart and go find something else which causes an uh, it to kill odor to kill bacteria and distort scent profiles. And I know that's very complicated and, and Buddy does a real good job in this episode breaking it all down. So I just want to say that this is an awesome episode. I I will say that I'm a huge fan of O3 using ozone. Uh, I have an ozonics that I use. I've been using ozonics. And I will say that the science... It, you know, obviously it's science, so it's fact-based. It's not like uh, 
a product out there going, hey, check this out. Our product does this. Well, where's the scientific evidence? And there usually isn't any. With Ozonics, there is scientific, you know, backed information that's coming out of this company. And it tells it tells the story, right? And so I like I like it when there's facts. I like it when there's science to back up their claims. And uh, I really do feel that o- ozone and O3 plays a huge role in my, I guess you want to call my, my scent strategy throughout the year and how I use it in the tree and out of the tree. So um, listen to what Buddy has to say here. A really good episode. I think you guys will learn a lot. Uh, let's get into the commercials. Code Blue Sense. Uh, I'm just going to kick uh, codebluesense.com. I have a discount code NFC20 for 20% off. On top of that, man, these guys have everything. They have, you know, they have scent elimination products. They have uh, synthetic deer urine. They have real deer urine. They have uh, mock scrape kits. They have orbital gland scents. They have laundry detergent. I mean, you name it, Code Blue Scents has every aspect of scent control and using deer scents in the woods. Uh, They have it all. So uh, CodeBlueScents.com, go check them out. Uh, uh, Another thing that I've done recently is I've created a new company called Full Sneak Gear. You can go to FullSneakGear.com, and it's an apparel company, right? I've I've kicked it off with the first ever Nine Finger Chronicles hat. You can go, go there and find that. I have one, two, three, or four different varieties of t-shirts out right now. And ultimately, this will be turned into a full-blown apparel line where you're going to be able to get, like, uh, long sleeve shirts and hats and uh, who knows what else. Maybe shorts and pants and socks and uh, coffee cups with the logo on it. And I'm, I'm going to turn it into a, a full-blown brand. And uh, so keep an eye on that, fullsneakgear.com. That's it. Let's get into today's episode with Buddy Pyland of Ozonics. Three, two, one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hunting Gear Podcast. And today's guest, Mr. Buddy Pyland from Ozonics. Man, long time no talk, man. How you been? I've been great, man. It's, uh, it's been a while, but it's uh, been good. Yeah. How about yourself? Oh, you know, just living that dad life. I mean, that's all I do is chauffeur kids around and, and, uh, I don't need, I like, it's just being a dad. It's all day, 24 yeah. seven. And then I do a little bit of this sprinkled in throughout the day. Well, that's, uh, you know, being a dad's not a bad thing, brother. You, they no. grow up fast. So, uh, so take the opportunity to spend the time with them when you can. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm trying and I, well, I'm with them a lot cause I coach just about everything that they're in. And so I, uh, I spend a lot of time with them and to be honest with you, you know, right before we started recording, we were talking about, um, you know, the upcoming season and how I'm not really interested in hunting the early season that much. And a lot of it has to do with like kid activities, man. We got fall baseball, we got fall softball, we got soccer. Uh, we're getting ready to pop into rest to wrestling and basketball now too. So, um, I just, I love going and watching my kids play sports. I, I think that's my favorite thing to do. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Again, they grow up fast and, and they're never going to, they're never going to have another opportunity at this and neither are you. So right. take advantage of it. You know what yep, I mean? Absolutely. So how has your season been so far? You went on an elk hunt, I hear. 
Did so we uh, we were in Montana uh, week before uh, last week. Uh, Central Montana had a great hunt. I, I did not take an animal. Passed on a nice bull, uh, and the reason why is over the five days I was there, I seen better bulls and yeah. had opportunity. Had several close calls. Uh, one of the coolest things is you always you see these videos and you always hear these stories about hey we're uh, you got to hunt all the way to the end. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember it was about shooting light for for filming and doing what we were doing was would be gone about 7 30 7 35 and i remember thinking at 7 15 i'm like man i passed that good bull yesterday and it's dead today and i hear a bugle off to the north and i'm like man he i don't think he's gonna make it he's too far away Two, three minutes later, I hear a second bugle, and he's way closer. Like, I mean, he's coming on a rope, and I thought there might be a chance. And uh, we get a nice six-by-six, six, and he is on a rope. He comes straight in. I get him at 60 yards to the right-hand side of where we were. I had no shot, and I was asking the, the cameraman with me, could he get him on film? And he, he's leaning over, and we're trying to get him on film. And he lets out a huge bugle, and I think, okay, he's, he's going to come into the wallow. And like 10 seconds later, behind us, we didn't even know it. There had been another bull come in and bugles like 20 yards from us. Wow. Scare, scares me. You know, like, oh, you're trying to figure out where he's at. And uh, he went behind us instead of in front of us. And that was the end of the season. But it was so close and so cool. Um, just, a, just a great hunt. I, I love chasing elk. How many, how many days were you at that hunt? On that hunt, we were just five days. Five days. Okay. All right. Uh, no, normally, we try to hunt second season in New Mexico if we can, and that's normally nine days when we do it. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I think next year I'm going to try to cash in my Wyoming points. Yep. I got, I'm, I'm going to have eight or nine of them. I can't really – I forget. Either way, that's going to get me in a, a pretty good unit, and I think I'm going to dedicate – I'm going to do nothing else except, you know, I'll hunt Iowa, my home state. Right. But – I will do nothing else that fall except do that hunt. So I'm going to try to, I'm going to pull a, I'm going to hopefully pull two weeks for that hunt because right. it's going to be, man, I've spent eight years collecting points and I want to go out and especially if I put the, the time to get into the, you know, a good unit, I want to, I want to spend a lot of time out there to, to get my feet set basically. Yeah. There's, there's uh, there's no, Again, that it, that's probably if you're gonna elk hunt, it, the more time you can give yourself, the better, yeah. right? Because you you kind of figure out what the animals are doing. Um, we were doing a kind of a unique type hunt for me, and normally it's run and gun and uh, chasing them all over, uh, bugling and, and trying to do that. But we we were working the mountain in early in the mornings, and then we were were hunting over uh, a wallow, uh, wallows in the evening, and uh, out of an elevated blind on one of the wallows, which I had never done before. And it, it was kind of a different style hunting and uh, works great for Ozonic. I mean, yeah. it was absolutely the perfect setup there for, uh, for what, for uh, blind hunting, but uh, great place, great animals and yeah. always fun. Yeah, for sure. Now, because this is the hunting gear podcast, um, you can't you can't say Ozonics, but I I want you to think about a product that you used or a piece of hunting gear and equipment that you used 
on this hunt that you were thankful for? Piece of gear that I used on the hunt that I was thankful that for. did exactly what it was supposed to do and uh, made your hunt easier. Or, you know, the saying, you know, if you're not thinking about that product, it's do, it's doing its job. Hmm. The I know this is going to be the the uh, the tripod that goes on a Matthews bow, the little stand. Okay. Is absolutely- that's absolutely one of the greatest things that ever created. I wish every <laughs> bow on the market had something that that was uh, similar. It's especially for elk hunting when you're running again and you stop, you just set your bow down, um, and you don't have to think about it. I, you know, when I depending on how thick the brush is, I do tie wrap one of it to the bottom of it just in case you hit it and, and uh, you don't have to worry about knocking it off. Mm-hmm. But I, I would say. That's you don't have to think about it, and it just does what it's supposed to do, and it does it really, really well. Is, so. is that an accessory you mount on the, one of the limbs? Sure it oh. it slides in uh, it slides onto the bottom of a, of the Matthews bow in between the the split limbs, okay. and then it just pulls around and locks in place. Oh, awesome! Now, I, I when I hunt with my elite bows, I've got they make some aftermarket mm-hmm. similar. The only challenge is. is like with that or with the Hoyt um, stands, your cam still will sit in the sit on the ground or sit in the dirt at yeah. times. So you got to be careful where you where you set your cam and check that thing when you pick it up. And I still do the same thing with the Matthews, but it, it keeps the whole bow up out of the. Awesome, very interesting. That that makes me want to pick up uh, some kind of product like that before I go on my South Dakota hunt because I'll be on the ground yeah. chasing muleys. So, okay, cool, well, man. Well. Ozonics. How many years have you guys been in business now, man? Uh, this will be 16 years. Man. Now, 2000 to 2023. That, that, that makes me feel old because, <laughs> you know, it's like I've, I was introduced to Ozonics at the very beginning of this all, oh, yeah. you know, through Todd and, and everything like that. And so, um, and I've, you know, I've, that means I've known you for that, that period of time. And, yeah, uh, the ATA in many yeah, years. exactly. And so, man, I don't even really know what question to ask other than talk to us a little bit about the, the journey that Ozonics has been through from the very first unit, the idea all the way to where you guys are at right now. Yeah, you know, it's uh, I've been I've been living this for so long. It's and it's pretty. It's really a cool story. Um, the evolution of taking an idea out of a guy's head and Scotty's head, you know, mm-hmm. our CEO founder, um, who's an avid elk hunter, and that's what that's kind of the genesis of the idea is. He's trying to figure out, you know, in his dental, he's a dentist, and in his dental practice, he used ozone machines to destroy odor, to sterilize equipment, and. Uh, he uh, he was thinking one day. I wonder if, if this will get rid of the smell of cauterized flesh. Maybe it'll get rid of enough odor that an elk can't smell me. Mm-hmm. And that that started the the idea in his head. He, he filed for patents in '04, but at the time there was no such thing as a battery operated portable ozone generator. And uh, and so it took a, another couple of years to create working prototypes and even our first working prototype i remember the first time we went to the field we had a little square box with a rheostat on it and a in a 
click, click, push button. And then we had battery leads that would run from the back of it to a motorcycle battery. <laughs> and then so we create a little motorcycle battery and we would go in the woods and we would set our, our spot up, um, deliberately set it up wrong because we're trying to figure out if these things would work or not. Or, and if they did work, how much would they work? So we would set up with the wind wrong motorcycle battery battery leads and then we there's no way to hang them we just would put them in some kind of camouflage bag that we bought at academy or somewhere and uh, tape them and uh you know i i i'll never forget that first time that we realized the power of ozone and and its ability in the right situations and with the right application to eliminate your odor and and for animals to not see you yeah not or to not smell you and um so um that led to the first unit which i'm sure you remember it uh, the hr 100 was a five and a half pound brick that ran on a nickel cadmium battery that yep. that you know when people talk about minimum viable products it was definitely it worked yeah. i used to carry two of them to a, to a tree because it worked so well yeah. and we would you would strap them with bungee cords. You would do whatever you could to get them up on a tree with you because we had no way to mount it. And, uh, but you know, for most people, they're just, Hey, that's just too much weight. I'm not going to, especially when we're selling an invisible molecule in the beginning, exactly. most everybody you were crazy. You, mm -hmm. you, you're a snake oil salesman. Um, but as we've all learned over the years, science is science, right? And, and enough ozone, the right amount of ozone for the right amount of time will kill your human odor. It's mm -hmm. because human odor is simply bacteria. So that um, it took about three years of, of research, and we we were working with various companies, and and finally found a, a data partner with in Minnesota that helped us build the first HR 200s, which we introduced at the Matthew Show in uh, 2010. Um, it, that has evolved into the HR 230. So that unit's been around for 12, 13 years, still, still working in most situations and still, uh, still allowing people to harvest deer yeah. and, and animals. Yeah. Um, I think, and so, but what we did find with the 230 is there were certain environmental situations where you just simply needed more ozone. So we began to work on a, on a unit that that would produce more ozone and that meant larger coil which means you needed you needed a, a more efficient uh unit with more battery power to drive a larger coil and produce more ozone and that was the that was the so the 230 we evolved or designed and came out with the hr 300 in 2016 introduced that in january of, of 16 at the ata along with several other accessories, a dry wash bag for treating your clothes pre-hunt, post-hunt. Um, the the uh, kinetic pack was introduced at, in 2016, so you can wear the unit while you're moving into your stand, leaving your stand, hunting. Um, and that 300 series platform has really been the basis for the for the iterations of the unit to what we have now. We, we, we created the Orion, the Orion uh, was the first unit to uh, it produced the most ozone of any unit we had ever uh, built up to that time. Yeah. And then uh, um, 
we created the uh, the Orion X, which we that's when we uh, we introduced the smart arm that that uh, helps improve your ability to uh, to to use the unit in different situations because you have different trees. You find yourself uh, in in uh, down in, at the top of a ridge, down inside of a draw, wherever you may be, and you're constantly having to, to adapt your unit to the proper situation because you need it always dumping in the downwind airstream, mm -hmm. and that wasn't always easy with our with our original mounting system. So that smart that smart mount system came out. We added the additional hyper boost mode. Um, which again gave you even more ozone, um, and uh, and we were able at that time to do two things. One, we made the unit quieter, which which is something that's never bothered the animals, but it's always been the, the, our, our customers, our the hunter has always said, "Hey, if you, if I had one thing I would ask you to do, make it quieter." Yeah, and uh, so we've, we're constantly working on doing that. Most of the noise that, that you hear is produced by the creation of ozone and not necessarily the unit. It's yeah. actually the high voltage electricity cracking the oxygen molecule. That's that buzz you hear. Mm -hmm. um, but we did manage to make that the Orion X. If you notice, we changed fan position. We found that if we, we move the fan up, we could improve the efficiency of the unit because we improved the, the cubic feet per minute moving across the coil and we reduced no ambient noise or at the at the, from the fan and or from the production of ozone added the smart arm the hyper boost and something that that uh, i always we've all struggled with is when you are chasing the wind in a tree stand you gotta you gotta reach up and move your unit um, or if you needed to put it on hyper boost or boost you would have to reach up and and do that create movement unnecessarily so we and a lot of times too, are you wouldn't know your battery life other than a close approximation. You could hit the button, test it, and tell you, oh, you got zero to twenty-five, or you got twenty-five to fifty, or fifty to seventy-five. We created the the Bluetooth app-enabled um, Orion X, so now you could control your unit remotely from your phone, and. Uh, um, you could use the remote, I, and I and I apologize. That's the HR five hundred that was hands free that we yeah. introduced last year, not the Orion X. The Orion okay. X was smart. It had the tilted fan. I, I I got a little ahead of myself there. We introduced the the HR five hundred last year. It's our gotcha. flagship model, and that again our quietest model yet because of, of the internal design on that and and fan location. Um, in that HR five hundred, we also Bluetooth enabled. You have the app and you have a remote that, that hangs on you that allows you to move from one mode to the next with a push of a button for 15 minutes. So if you, we, I know every one of us, myself included, I'll have my phone out and I'll be doing something with my phone and then I'll look up and there's a deer right there and I'm busted or I don't have an opportunity to get my bow down because I'm paying attention to my phone. So in those critical hours, you needed another hands-free source. I put my phone in my pocket. If I need a, a, a you know, running and boost in a tree stand, if I need hyper boost because I've got six does coming in and then my target bucks telling them and I'm just like, man, that's a lot of noses. Mm -hmm. I'm going to dump all the ozone I can. I can reach up, hit my remote that's that's hanging off of my tree harness, and and flood my downwind airstream with ozone. So the HR 500 was a was a 
a true iteration from the on the 300 series platform that that brought a lot of things quieter more ozone more efficient and hands-free operation awesome yeah man um i can't you know people still think it's a gimmick right and i am a firm believer in science and o3 does some some spectacular things in the tree and to your clothes when you're doing the dry uh, doing the dry wash cycle through through all these new versions of this technology you know everything from the 100 now to the 500 you know past the orion and whatnot what have you guys have you guys learned any more about o3 and what it actually does to odor and how that benefits the the hunter sure you know when we first started the company all of the scent control products and still to this day most scent control products that are in the marketplace are focused on reducing eliminating or uh, odor on the hunter mm-hmm. right and you're a thermogenic being so we can wash our clothes all day long we can we can scrub and use scent-free soap, so we can do all these things um, ad nauseum. But the fact of the matter is, as soon as you begin moving, you start sweating, you're breathing, you're producing odor 24-7 yeah. because human odor is simply bacteria. And through the use of that, what we began to understand it, and we thought the same thing. Well, look, we're going to when I first started using ozone, when I told you about the prototypes and we, in the first few years, we were just dumping ozone on ourselves, right? We, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to get rid of all the odor on me. But what we did realize over the years is that's a waste of your ozone. You don't need, I, I don't care what you smell like, man. I don't, I, I, all I care is about the odor you're releasing in the downwind airstream. And so the real epiphany around the use of ozone was the fact that, that all of the magic happens downwind right? I got to keep the air between me and the animal clean. I don't have to worry about me. Now, if I do worry about me, if I do take care to reduce my odor footprint, then that means there's less odor released into the downwind airstream, which means that the ozone that is in that downwind airstream is far more effective and, and doesn't have to, to I don't have to ha- maintain the same level of concentrations as I would if I was, if I was super, super um, stinky, right. you know, for lack of a better way to put it. So I think that was a huge learning for us early on. I think the second thing is just the realization over and over again of how powerful an oxidant ozone really is and how effective it is um, when you begin to truly factor location or, or application of your unit in a hunting situation, meaning if I duck hunt, there's a certain way to set your decoys up. I need to know where the sun's going to come up so the sun's not in my eyes. I need to know what the wind's doing because the ducks are going to circle downwind, and, and, and they're, if they're going to come into the spread, they're going to land into the wind. So you got to – you got to. it's a tool you have to learn how to use. Ozonics is the same thing. It's not throw it in the tree over your head and turn it on. It, that's a huge part of it, but you've got to pay attention to the wind. You, the, the better you learn to utilize that unit and to a, a, to constantly be cognizant of what's happening around you in the environment, the more effective you are with the use of your ozone. And, and in that case, 
the more effective you are at staying scent free or re, or keeping that air between you and the potential animal clean. Yeah. I think those are those are two of the the biggest things that I've learned is is how to be very very um, engaged with my unit and what's going on what, around me and and uh, um, I guess kind of assessing my hunting location and the situation and doing that and, and I I I say that and then I can tell you a great story in Montana where I screwed up you know because I had lost track of the wind for a little while and. Um, I, I wasn't going to take the animal, but had it been an animal that I was going to harvest, I, I would have blew it because he got he got to a point that I I didn't realize the wind had shifted and my ozone is is not going where I need it to because of the position in the blind of where my units were and and so what ozone was getting to them wasn't enough and they the animal got down to the wall and, and smelled us and was out of there. I mean, no doubt that's what happened. Yeah, um, which. Again, it was it was a elk that I'd already decided not to take, but ha- had I been paying attention, it could have been it very well could have been the the, yeah. the elk of my dreams, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now you've already talked a little bit about customers uh, saying, mm-hmm. "Oh, it was too loud," and then you guys addressed mm-hmm. that issue. Were um, has there has there been any additional customer feedback that you've received about your units? that you took and made changes to the unit. Yeah. So there for there for a while, I mean, there was a lot of in the beginning, Hey, we want a longer battery life and we produced yeah. the XL battery and uh, which, you know, can give you up to 10 hours in standard mode and up to eight hours in boost, six hours in hyper boost on the units equipped with that. Um, we're constantly striving to, do a couple things. One, make the unit more efficient because it's more efficient. I can produce more ozone with less battery power, which means I should get more battery life. Um, we uh, um, we got feedback. Obviously, you don't want to drop your unit, but uh, if if you if you did, we we because it happens. You're in a tree. You're working in your garage. You put it on the bed of the truck. And, uh, and so we've worked really, I don't know that it was so much customer feedback saying, Hey, we want the fans to be, uh, we want our units to be more robust because we still don't want to drop them, but we've worked to help counter that just in case a consumer or a customer does drop one. We've worked hard to harden the internals and the fan being one of those things and, and yeah. to, to try to keep those fans intact. Yeah. When it comes to the unit itself, um, are there any best practices for maintenance? Do you, do I ever need to take it apart to clean it or, uh, perform maintenance on it before or after any specific hunts? So the answer is going to vary with the kind of environments you're hunting. If you're, if you're like me and you're hunting in South Texas, uh, early season is just du- dusty, humid, grimy. My, my unit's going to get dirtier faster. And, and you can run into those situations anywhere in the country, and it depends on how many days in the field. But, yeah, there are some best practices. The Probably the most critical and most important one is, is an off-season practice, and that is do not store your unit with your battery in it, mm-hmm. especially your HR500, because if you put that battery in that unit, it's going to deplete that unit, that battery, 
if it sits for six months, it's going to deplete that battery down to um, to a zero state, and and the it's not able to to be kicked off and charged again. And we you know we we put that in the literature and we put it in notes, we put it in videos. But I'm like everybody. For me, I, I mean, it's convenient. You do it. But that's the number one thing I would say is, guys, when you store your unit for the season, pull the battery out and store it separate from the unit. Yeah. Um, number two, if you can get moisture-free, now it has to be moisture-free compressed air, the same type of thing you can get at Office Depot or Office Max that you spray a keyboard, computer keyboard with, you can blow your unit out, your coil off, and your fan off after you hunt, after yeah. you're out and – you don't have to do it every trip, but if you if you go on an elk hunt or you you're in the woods four or five days in a row, not a problem. Blow that out, and you'll get any dust in it that's that because the unit has an intake, so mm-hmm. it's taking in, so it's going to be sucking in any airborne particulate and then pushing it across the coil. Mm-hmm. And you can check. You can go into a dark room, turn out all the lights in the garage fire your unit up and look inside, and you'll see the coil. It'll be glowing purple. If you have any dark spots on that coil black spots that aren't going purple then that means you've got a dirty coil and it's not producing maximum ozone and so we do offer a refurbishment or recertification program too that you you can go to ozonicshunting.com and look up the uh the recertification process and um where you can send your unit in we'll change the coil change the fan make sure it's uh it's operating at a hundred percent and uh and, and it re uh, starts your warranty it gives you another year of warranty when you do that awesome man so outside of outside of everything that we've kind of talked about um what direction from here do you see ozonics going and, and i'll throw a, a couple like examples out to what I'm talking about, like longer battery life, um, more ozone uh, being produced. Uh, I don't know, more bells and whistles on the units. Any, anything like that? Yeah. So I think the, uh, again, we're constantly working to improve the unit. I think what you're going to see um moving forward is a quieter unit i think we're gonna we're going to improve the hunter's ability to maintain his unit himself mm-hmm. um and, you know i don't want to give too much away there but i i think that we're going to make that a much easier process moving forward because um it, it's certainly an investment and then once you truly understand the power of your ozonics you don't want to leave home without it and yeah. you always want it to perform at, uh, at optimally and the other one is is battery life batteries are so the the they're so um it's hard to to uh, make batteries and and to improve on that in, in a way that's significant without simply adding cells and to yeah. add cells you add weight and to add weight and cells you add size mm-hmm. and one of the things we've really worked hard to do is is either maintain the footprint or hopefully reduce the footprint of the of the unit so it so it still is effective but takes up less room in your pack takes up if you're you know it's always been a midwest thing it's been a bow hunter midwest thing but this thing is as effective in the mountains on the backpack hunting elk 
or hunting any species, hunting bear, whatever it may be, as it is hunting whitetail. And so I, we understand weight's critical there. And so that, that's another thing I think you'll see in the future is our efforts is to reduce the footprint. Okay. All right. Um, now you have a variety of, of accessories for these units, like the dry wash bag and then the backpack you use to, you know, go in and out or, or hunt in, uh, any other accessories that are new within the, in the past couple years that you've introduced? Um, you know, the smart arm, I think, would be the most significant one. Um, and if, if you've got an older unit with the, with the standard four-inch style mount, an easy mount, I think the smart arm is, uh, is, is a um, huge leap forward. It, mm-hmm. gives you, it gives you, we used to take the four-inch mount and add the eight-inch extension arm. And you can, once you add that smart arm, you take that, you, you no longer need that setup. It gives you a one-handed operation. Um, and the versatility to just about position that unit any way you, you might need. And uh, so, that, so I think the smart arm has been probably the most impactful uh, uh, accessory that we've introduced um, the last couple of years. The app, the app um, in, in uh, unison with the unit. One of the things that the, is so special about the app is when you open it up, it's going to tell you exactly how much battery life you have. There's no more guessing. And I, I kind of alluded to that earlier, but what, you know, you've got an hour left and it's that golden hour, right? You know, this is prime time and it's, it, you look, you can check now and go, okay, I've got two hours of battery life left, or I've got four hours or, you know what, I've only got 45 minutes left. I'm going to change my battery right now. And it gives you that versatility, which I think is huge. It also, if you've ever, like me, you thought you charged your battery or, or you had six batteries sitting there and you grabbed the wrong one, I can check that before I ever get out. Is, is my battery fully charged? You know, And if not, then uh, I, I know to get it on the charger. The other thing is it's going to give you, if you have cellular, if you can connect this to cell service, it's going to tell you wind direction. It's going to tell you barometric pressure, temperature. So it's got a lot of those things as well. Gotcha. And the hands-free operation. So if I do need to to go to boost mode, especially like operating in a blind, there's most of the time when I'm in a blind, I have the two units in the corner or a single unit in the downwind side, but it's upside down and it's facing out and I, I want to limit movement. And I usually run in standard mode, but if there's a situation, again, where all of a sudden I, I think I need extra ozone, a bunch of noses downwind, or or I just feel like, hey, this is the moment, I want maximum protection, I can use my phone to, to move my unit up to boost or to hyper boost if necessary without, without getting up and messing with the unit. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned more... Uh you know, more ozone hitting that boost. The boost kicks out more ozone. Um, how uh, it is more ozone always the, the answer in a, in a tight or a tricky situation where a deer could be downwind to you. So the ozone, I guess the best way to say that is in, in most situations, Yes, if you if you, if it's truly the downwind airstream, and I say that because again, it's 
the best analogy I can come up with to help people understand what's happening downwind of you and why more ozone is better in those in certain situations is because if you if you stand in a, a trout stream, say up to your knees, um, and you dump red food coloring in that trout stream, and, and that's your odor. That odor does the entire stream doesn't just turn red. It that that red coloring food coloring is going to you're going to go where the current takes it, and it's going to go around rocks and eddies, but it's not going to fill the entire stream, right? Now, if I take green food coloring and I spray it into that same stream where my where I'm dumping that red, you're going to see places where that green and red come together and the red completely disappears. You're going to see places where the red and green mix, but at a concentration where they simply change colors. And then you're going to see places where they never touch each other downstream because of the of the current and the eddies and the way the water flows. That's the same way in a downwind air situation. So your odors out there, your ozone, you're producing millions and millions of ozone molecules. You're also breathing. You're also sweating. You're also releasing human odor into the downwind airstream. Now, a human odor bacteria molecules much larger than ozone and ozone will attack it and begin to unravel it begin to oxidize it but there'll be times where you'll have enough ozone that all your odor is destroyed mm -hmm. there'll be times that you have enough ozone that it's altered your odor or bacteria so it doesn't smell like human anymore and an animal might smell it but not realize not equate it to danger and then there'll be those times, like I said, in the stream where they, where some of your odor gets through. What we want to do is limit the amount of odor that gets through to a level that that animal thinks, oh, okay, he's 400 yards away when he's really 20 or 30 yards right. away. Right, right. And so, so to come full circle is if you're in a situation and you, you, you believe that you've got higher winds, you've got more noses, you've got, you've got, um, thermals that are in swirling when they're doing funny things the best way to cover yourself is to dump more ozone in the downwind airstream gotcha now um the word corrosive right uh comes mm -hmm. comes to mind and for a while there and i even had it happen on uh, uh a pair of um uh, uh, base layers where I put it in the uh, Ozonics or in the dry wash bag. I ran a cycle and the elastic on it kind of got stretched out, right? Have mm -hmm. you have you guys done anything to talk to um, manufacturers of clothing or hunting gear and equipment to say, hey, you know, this is how our product um this is how our product reacts with certain types of rubbers or whatever it is, but it doesn't do it with this type of material to prevent things like that from happening. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I mean, we've been contacted by several of the, um, what I would call major hunting, uh, in, in the past hunting clothing, right. Uh, manufacturers and it, there had been conversations around that because it ozone ozone will affect um certain elastics and uh that type of thing powerfully the other thing we've done is is if you have certain things like 
rubber or, or elastic based straps, remove them or hold, put them outside of the bag. There's a mm-hmm. lot of things you can do, but that's why our dry wash cycle in. So we go back to where we were in hunting situations, more ozone, like we talked about in, when you treat your gear, that's why our, we created pulse technology where we cycle up with ozone and then we cycle down and import fresh air to dilute that ozone and cycle up and cycle down our dry wash mode is a combination of ozone and ambient air and ozone and ambient air to try to control exactly what you're talking about we don't just dump ozone indiscriminately and the analogy i like to use in that case is bleach is a powerful oxidant ozone's more powerful but if i take bleach and i put a single cup of bleach into the washing machine and run it on the right cycle with the, I'm going to clean and deodorize my clothes. But if I take a gallon of bleach and pour it in there, I'm going to burn my clothes up. Right. Ozone is no different. And that's why the dry wash bag is built with a baffle system. So there's, so you put the unit in the top and you'll notice that ozone is pushed to the bottom of the bag back up through your clothes. It doesn't dump directly on your clothes because then we would create hot spots at the top of the clothing. We push it down to the bottom of the bag. It comes back up to the clothes, and we have a vent built on the front of it where it vents out the front. And then we have a specific patented pulse technology where we where we pulse ozone, and then we pulse fresh air because that fresh air will do what? Dilute the ozone and shut the reaction off, and then start the reaction and shut the reaction, and we have a time cycle. And that time cycle was through hours and hours of of study to try to get to a place where look we can do exactly what we do with bleach we can clean and deodorize versus degrade and destroy okay now there there are a lot of people that jumped on the ozone bandwagon without mentioning names and and they were destroying a lot of people's gear because they didn't they just pumped ozone on top of them Mm -hmm. and they just pumped ozone into a bag in a certain location and that certain location would create super hot spots it just means that there's that you're not circulating air. One of the critical pieces of treating gear is the circulation of the ozone because you need to, to move through your gear. And that's why our one locker, the way it's designed and our, and our dry wash bag, both are designed to optimize the use of ozone, but to not burn your clothes up. Right, right. What have you guys learned in in this, what did you say, 16 years now? Is that, yeah. yeah, 16 years about how deer react to smelling ozone? You know, that's a great question because I still, I've got, I, some people say, oh, hey, you know, I think the deer smelling the ozone. And the, the, the reality is, is a couple of things. One, when, it, when first ozone is a naturally occurring element. Mm-hmm. So, so deer have smelled ozone before. Every time lightning strikes the ground, it produces hundreds of pounds of ozone at a, at a molecular level waterfalls, waves crashing or waterfalls, the the act of water doing that creates ozone. So it's a natural occurring element. They have smelled it. Now, in higher concentrations, um, people would say, well, they've never smelled it at that level. Most of the time, there's a space between you and the animal. And ozone reacts with everything in the environment as it goes downstream. And so most of the time, by the time it gets... 20 yards down from you there's very little ozone in the ambient air other than ambient ozone that's naturally occurring because it's reacted with everything around it whether it's your odor 
it's it's pollen, it's whatever it may be in the air. But my experience is I, I most of the time when an animal's reacted, I think it's reacted because it's it, some of my odor got through the ozone and it smelled me, not the not ozone. Um, the other thing I would say is. We, Scott has had the same deer lease now for about 19 or 20 years. And we've been hunting axis deer and whitetail deer on that place for a long time. I've been on it for the last six years. And these, these are local deer. They're, they're not very big, but they're fun and they're there and, uh, and we love doing it. And ozone's been in play the entire time. And I, I, I don't, I've never seen these animals react differently. Um, because ozone is present or not present. And I don't know that anybody can show that. Now, I, what I can show you, and I'm sure you've seen it, is the old turn the ozone on, get deer downstream, turn the ozonator off, and watch what happens to the deer when you turn the ozonator off. Yeah. Um, it doesn't take long for them to exit left, stage left. And, yeah. uh, and so my personal experience is that I've not seen it educated animals, and I've not seen it bother animals. Yeah. I'll elaborate on that just a bit with the experiences that I've had uh, from fawns to, you know, mature bucks, right? The, some of the most jumpy creatures. And and that is, I, I think their reaction depends a lot on their personality. Um, oftentimes, if uh, a younger deer will get downwind to me, They'll put their nose up, they'll smell it, and they'll become curious, and they may even get closer to the to the stand. Yep. Um, then there's other times where they've come, let's say a mature doe, you know, she's looking to bust something. She'll get downwind, she'll put her nose in the air, and she, it's not like she's afraid of it, but she's also not familiar with it. And so she'll just continue to make her way through the area. And, and, and I think with everything that you've said, you know, obviously setting up in the right position, knowing how to play the wind, it's all, all that's very still in play here because like you mentioned, it's not like a, you turn on, turn it on, you go walk in the woods and it's all, it's like, it's automatic. Right. One, it's the fact that certain deer don't blow at you. And you, yep. you can get away with so much more. And that right there is why I personally bring an ozonics in the tree with me. Well, you know, every product here, listen, I, I'm not trying to sell you an ozone unit. I'm trying to sell you a solution to a problem. And exactly. the problem is being spilled downwind. And, yep. and an ozonator is a solution. And ozonics is a solution to that mm -hmm. problem. And to your point, we're trying to buy especially bow hunting, but I think it's just as applicable in the rifle and muzzleloader realm for, for different reasons. Um, but we're looking to buy seconds and inches, right? I'm looking to buy opportunity. Mm -hmm. I'm looking to create opportunity that might not have existed. And, and Ozonics does that for you. Um, I agree with, with your um, evaluation of, of what an animal does downwind. I, I think I think whitetail, like you said, they're curious by nature. And a lot of them, if they smell something they've never smelled before, they're going to come to you. And this is, I think, what happens 
um, what we were talking about. At a molecular level, your odor once it's made up, human odor is made up of X. And the second an ozone molecule hits that and begins to unravel it, it changes. And when it changes, it becomes something that, that a lot of times that a deer's never smelled. And I think when you see them get curious like that, I think they're smelling what used to be you. Yep. And not and reacting to that, and and not necessarily the ozone. But mm-hmm. it, it's uh, that's a theory, right? Yep. I, I I'm not a deer, so I don't know. But that's that's what I think I, I've uh, based on the science that I've read and and we've studied. That's what I think's happening. And for your doe, I agree with there. I think it's the same thing. She she's at a different level of alertness right she smelled something she's never smelled before and she's not curious she's like yeah i'm not scared but i'm not going to take a chance right and she keeps moving through but in the end if it buys you time to to get where you need to get that's what we're after right okay last question i have for you today and that is what's the path that ozonics is on as far as products are concerned uh can you give us any teasers uh, about some of the products that are coming uh, out within the next year, couple years, five years? Yeah, so, you know, what I can say is that kind of what I said earlier, we're going to, we're working on, we're working on making, making our products lighter, more efficient, more powerful, and easier to be maintained by the hunter himself. Um, and uh, uh, through various, whether that means um, cleaning it or whether that means updating uh, the unit itself. So, and making that unit more, making the unit smarter, right? That would be the best way to put it. Gotcha. So, dare I say, an automatic where you don't have, you just turn it on and set it in the tree and then the conditions dictate the amount of ozone and things like that that are so you you, it's basically a set it and forget it and it takes care of it for you that would be a really smart unit yeah that's uh yeah no that would be uh, i think that would be the future yeah all right that would be the future for sure perfect well uh buddy man again always catching up with uh great catching up with you really appreciate you, you taking time to hop on the podcast today and uh, good luck on all your other hunts and with Ozonics, man. Well, Dan, I appreciate it. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to talk to you and, and, and see you in this case. There you uh, go. Sometimes we've done podcasts, we don't necessarily get to get to look at each other, but I appreciate it, and thank you for giving me the time to, to spend with your audience.